I had actually met up with a guy one night and we were drinking and and he was with a relative of mine and um, he, he was a he was a cocaine dealer and I didn't know it and that was my introduction to cocaine and as if I didn't already have enough problems um, this was introduced into my life and it completely consumed me Welcome, my friends, to The Storyteller, where you'll find First Nations people from across Native North America who are following Jesus Christ without reservation. As a little boy, Richard was introduced to getting high. Soon, drugs and alcohol would control his life, but he longed for something more. He wondered if God was really real because he wanted to get his life turned around. My name is Richard Paul, and uh, I'm from the St. Mary's Reserve here in Fredericton. I'm a Maliseet native from New Brunswick. I was born in Woodstock, on the Woodstock First Nation, and uh, we moved here when I was just a little baby, so I've pretty much been here my whole life. And uh, anyway, I'm married, and my wife is Melody. We have three kids. Anyway, I came to know Jesus Christ uh, sometime in the late 1999 through to early 2000. It was a bit of a process for me because I had come from uh, you know, a drug addiction and alcohol. And I just, when I came to Christ, my life was was in turmoil. I um, I had a lot of good things in my life that were positive. I had a good job and I had... I just had a lot of good things that really, from the outside, everything looked like it was pretty stable. But um, on the inside, I was I was a, a wreck, really. I was just in, my whole life was in turmoil. Ever since I was young, you know, I, like I said, I was born and raised here. Lived here on the reserve my whole life. And ever since we were little kids, we just seemed to always, I, I was always one of the kids that just seemed to, you know, straight a bit, and I got in trouble, and, you know, starting back when I was probably seven or eight years old, and uh, anyway, we we were always doing bad things, and I remember as a little boy, we'd kind of always, you know, we, we were just typical living on a reserve right next to a city, we were always getting in trouble off the reserve. I remember as a little boy, I, a friend, a friend of mine, he was, uh, actually, I saw him sniffing glue or sniffing gas I don't remember what it was and he introduced that to me when I was just a little boy and uh, I don't think I could have been any more than eight or nine maybe ten and uh, it kind of made me feel like you know it 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 made me feel good I, I was not brought up in an abusive home or anything like that but you know I just felt like it kind of gave me a bit of an escape and um I think it opened a door in my life that led to a life of turmoil and sin and just a whole bunch of things in my life that weren't good. And I think that was the doorway that opened it up for me. And uh, by the time I was 11 or 12, I was smoking weed. And and by the time I was 13, I really was a regular marijuana user. And uh, by the time I hit probably 14 or 15 I was drinking and uh, by the time I was 16 I was a I was a problem drinker 
it just accelerated that fast. I left home when I was 17 or 18 and uh, moved into an apartment with a friend of mine and tried to go to university and that didn't pan out. It just alcohol seemed to consume my whole world. Um, so all I cared about was drinking and, and, and by the time I was 17 or 18, I had experimented with just about everything. Um, like doing acid and weed and alcohol of every kind and just pills, speed, everything. Um, the only thing is in our neck of the woods down here, cocaine was not a, cocaine seemed to be like this Hollywood drug that nobody heard about here. It was just kind of something you see on movies. And, um, you know, in 1989, roughly around 1989, when I was, uh, I was 21 or 22 years old, I was introduced to cocaine and, um, it was just a, just an occasional thing. I, I did it uh, in 1989 or 90. Nobody really was aware of cocaine around here. I had actually met up with a guy one night and we were drinking and, and he was with a relative of mine and, um, he, he was a, he was a cocaine dealer and I didn't know it. And that was my introduction to cocaine. And as if I didn't already have enough problems, um, this was introduced into my life and it completely consumed me from 1989 up until 1999 when I came to Christ. And, um, it, it just, you know, I can't even find the words to tell you what it did to my life. I just thank God that I didn't get addicted to heroin or things like that. And I think in time, that was just a matter of time before I would have been had Christ not come into my life in 1999. Um, but I need to back up a little bit because I, I met my, at the time it was my girlfriend in 1986. Um, and we started dating a little bit and, you know, I don't know if I was necessarily ready for a girlfriend at that time, but, you know, we, we kind of went out a little bit, not really dating, but kind of, you know, and, and, uh, anyway, um, as the relationship progressed, I, you know, met her parents and I discovered that her parents were Christian people. And, um, I don't know why it was. I have no idea why, but I had this big question mark about God. I always wondered if God was real. And I always wondered at the time on TV, there was a lot of television ministries. And I can think of, uh, one, like, um, this one minister was always on there. And I always wondered, why are these people always so passionate about Jesus and about God and I just always thought that God had many faces and many different aspects to him and I, I I didn't realize it you know because I really had no faith I was brought up belonging to the church but I didn't go and you know just God was not a big thing in my life religion wasn't church wasn't and so when I met my girlfriend I naturally I I had this natural curious side about God. And I just remember I used to ask her about God and she would always kind of go, I don't know. I don't, why are you asking me this? I, I, I don't know. I didn't know at the time she was running from God herself. Anyway, we met up and our worlds just kind of collided and her world met my world. And in 1986, we started a relationship that was you know, it was pretty, it was pretty up and down there from 1986 until I got saved in 1999. After I'd met her, I was watching TV one Sunday morning 
And as I've already stated, I was a real problem drinker. I had a lot of had a lot of anger and a lot of things going on in my life that I really couldn't find answers to. And I um, was watching one Sunday morning. I had a little apartment in uh, in an area of my city where I was living at the time. And uh, my little apartment had nothing in it. I just had a couch and a TV. And uh, I had some curtains, and that was basically it. I don't even think I had any furniture in the kitchen and hardly had any. I just had nothing. And I was sitting on my couch one Sunday morning watching TV, and we'd been drinking all weekend and half the week like we did every single week. And drinking brings a lot of, for me, it brought a lot of kind of mixed feelings after, you know, you you went on a drunk for a little while. You'd, you'd have these feelings of wanting to get your life straight and thinking, you know, like, I should be like some of my friends and get on with my life. It's, it's just not good. And every time I'd kind of sober up and after the pricks, when you're young, it, it's not like some drunk that's been drinking for 50 years. That's a different, when you're young, you can kind of handle the abuse. Your body can take that abuse. And so when you snap out of a drunk after three or four or five days, he, you know, physically you're not you're not really down, but emotionally and spiritually I always felt really bad, and I used to think to myself, you know, I should try to get my life straightened out. And, of course, this was one Sunday morning when I was feeling that way, and I was flicking through the channels, and I saw an evangelist on TV. And as I was scrolling through the channels, he was singing, and I remember he was singing a song. I think it was called There's Room at the Cross. And I I saw him, and I paused there for a minute. And I, was, I remember I watched him, and... You know, he was singing this song, and I remember feeling something in my in my heart, thinking, "What is that? What is that feeling that I'm feeling? Like, kind of just drawing me." And so I turned the channel, you know, and I I'd scroll through something else, then I'd come back to it, and I so I just was kind of toying with it a little bit, thinking, "What is this?" And then he'd cry, and he he was telling me all about Jesus, and he was saying all about how much he loved me and everything, and I. I remember thinking to myself, yeah, you know, they're all crazy and whatever. And I, I turned to the channel, but I just couldn't, I couldn't escape this feeling that, just this feeling that would come over me. I didn't know what it was. And so I, anyway, it, he went away and, and my life went on, you know, and the following Sunday, same thing. I was watching TV and same thing. We drank all probably since Wednesday to Sunday. And anyway, the following Sunday, I, was watching and he was there again and I was by myself in my apartment and I just remember the feeling of just curious and I, I just kept watching him and here you know I wasn't looking for him I just would scroll the channel and there he was and so this time I kind of stopped and I'd watch him and I'd listen to what he had to say and as he as he spoke and again something drew me something was speaking to me and I just couldn't turn the channel. Um, I tried. I'd leave, and I'd come back to it. And, and the music, he started playing some music, and it was music totally foreign to me. You know, it was kind of, I was into, you know, different stuff altogether. And he was singing music and church songs. And, boy, all of a sudden, I just started feeling these kind of tears well up inside of me. And I remember thinking to myself, God, if you're real, you know, if, if you're really real, I'd really like to know. I really would like to get my life straight, God. And, you know, I, and I remember thinking, boy, you know, this is kind of strange to me. It was just different. And so what I did was 
I just let them sing and without turning the channel. And before I knew it, I was weeping in my chair and I was crying and the tears were coming down. And I was, I began talking to God saying, Lord, I, I just would, I just would like to get my life straight. If you can help me. And he kept saying, you know, if you'll just give your life to Jesus right where you're at, he said, even in that little apartment where you're at, or if you're and, and I like, I was just like, wow, that was kind of weird. And I, even in your little apartment, I remember thinking, that's where I'm at. And of course, he made a few other descriptions too in your hotel if you're there, wherever you're at. He said Jesus could change your life, and I remember thinking, well, I could use some of that for sure. Jesus Christ can change your life, and that change is something we all need. But before he can change us, first he must save us, and that can only happen if we'll let him. What about you? Do you know that you need a savior? If you're a sinner, you need one. God tells us in His Word, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What is sin? Anything that offends our holy Creator, and because God is holy, He must judge all sin. That's why we need a Savior, and that's why God sent Jesus Christ to the cross to save us from the judgment we deserve and give us new life in Him. Would you like to know more about how you can be saved? Write to us at the Storyteller, P.O. Box one thousand and one, Bemidji, Minnesota, five six six one nine. That's P.O. Box one thousand and one, Bemidji, Minnesota, five six six one nine. Our phone number is eight seven 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 six six four six four eight. That's eight seven 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 six six. Four six four eight. Our web address is withoutreservation.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, the greatest story took place at the cross. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. My friends, there's more to Richard's story, so be sure to join us again next time as we listen to the storyteller.